Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. This is a high point wrap-up review show. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. And uh, by the way, BTOsports.com, proud sponsors of the BTO Sports KTM team of Andrew Short and Matt Gerke. And you can use the code PULPMX to save yourself money at BTOsports.com. Really, anything you need from them uh, for your bike or body, they've got it. And a brand new website, some free shipping over a certain amount of money, great international rates as well, and uh, killer tire prices. And of course, Fox Racing, the global innovation leader for motocross racewear. Check out their full line of 2014 products, including the Instinct Boot, V4 Helmet, Airspace, Goggle, and 360 Racewear. Foxhead.com. The 2015 Fox stuff is dropping, as they say in the industry, dropping real soon. So uh, make sure you check that out. Foxhead, of course, the official gear uh, Ryan Dungey and Kenny Roxon, who are killing the 450 MX class right now. And uh, with me on the line is uh, my friends, um, the two-time German Supercross champion, two-time Montreal Supercross champion, now purveyor of everything WPS, Jason Thomas. Hey, what's up? BTOsports.com, you ever ordered from there? Who, me? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've bought anything in... A really long time from anyone. Hmm. So no, okay. No, I'm just wondering. Yeah. It's great. You should try. No, it. I would. I would. Uh, yeah, I can't really do that anyway. I have to be neutral to all my retailing. But if you needed forward. something, you would go to BTOsports.com and you'd use the code PulpMX and you would save yourself money. Uh, would I? I don't. I don't. I doubt it. No, I don't, I don't know. No, I can't really. I can't really say. It's easy in and easy out. The ordering process couldn't be any easier. Yeah, but so are all the brick-and-mortar stores across the country, as well as Motorsport Outlet and Rocky Mountain and everyone else. PTOsports.com, proud sponsors of this RacerX podcast. Also on the line, RacerX online editor, Jason Wygant. Yeah! Hey, uh, Ultimate Warrior's birthday was yesterday, I, I, I saw in a tweet. Oh, that's really jacked up for you to use the term was. You know, oh. Oh, you had sorry. to immediately go past tense. Jeez, just dance on a guy's grave, man. Sorry, it was yes. It it, it is yesterday. Sorry, happy. Yeah, I'm not happy, sure the proper way to do it. Yeah, happy I mean, belated um, birthday for Ultimate Warrior. He, may he shake the ropes in heaven forever. Load the spaceship with the rocket fuel. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, let's talk High Point. Uh, fantastic race. Can we? First of all, why well, again? You're in a trailer all day, so this isn't applicable to you. No, I don't live in West Virginia anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> JT, how nice was the weather? Just. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Probably the nicest weather day of racing I can remember, honestly. Like 75. I remember one close. Yeah, with a breeze. With a breeze. It's just phenomenal. 
I just can't get over it. I mean, I mean, you know, High Point is legendary for its weather, and it's hot and cold, uh, literally. And uh, it was a great day. Great day. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, and why again, whenever you made it outside the trailer, you and GL, I'm sure you saw that too. Um, you know what I'm realizing? Like, uh, are we, we – we can – you know how they say global warming actually results in unseasonably cool weather at times too? It just messes everything up in general. Yeah. Have you heard this? Yeah. yeah. Like when people have gnarly winters, they're like, see, there is no global warming. And they're like, no, when it's worse than usual either direction, that's actually because the weather's just messed up. Anyway, uh, it's, last summer was an extremely mild at these races temperature-wise. Yeah. And it's edging that direction again. I mean, I know we're only four races in, but that's a third, and they've all been pretty good. Where's the 1997 mutters? Where are they? You know what, I, is this possible? Like, High Point used to be a Memorial Day, and it's like three weeks later. And then the Colorado race is like a couple weeks earlier than it used to be, right? Right. Could that seriously be making all the difference? Because Colorado used to be gnarly hot, now it's not. And High Point used to be gnarly muddy, and now it's not. Could that really work a month in one direction? I don't know. Seems to be. And it rained at High Point during the week, but yeah. the last couple of years, there hasn't been a super mudder High Point in a long time. No. No. Nope. We haven't had a super mutter period. We had some storms at Lakewood one year. Mostly the WMX was affected. We had so a wet high point in the morning, and it turned out to be pretty great by race day. It's been a weird, been a weird couple of years. I just, I don't want to see a downpour and a mutter, but I remember when I was a kid, we had mutters all the time. You know. So. When Baggett won at Bud's Creek last year, he told me, "I'm like, what was the difference there?" And he said, "It was hot." He goes, every race was hot in 2012, and none of the races were hot except one in 2013. I want to see Bud's Creek. We're pulling the checkers out early because things are floating away. The 30-second girl is just walking off, you know, 10 seconds in. Yeah. Um, and Weimer and, and Metcalf are going at it while they're hydroplaning. Yep. Right? The good old days. Yep. And, JT, you don't care. You don't race it anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't like walking around in the mud either, so wow. I, I'm perfectly okay with not having uh, oh. a super hot day because I don't like sweating and, and feeling and your jeans. that hot, you your and jeans. I don't really care for walking around in the mud either, so I'll take every time, just like Saturday. What about your jeans? They get ruined too? No, I wear shorts at the outdoors. Okay. I, uh, I would argue that you're still getting mud because you're walking around the pits while the teams are washing their bikes, and there's mud everywhere. No, you can avoid it. I disagree. Uh, well, maybe you can't, but I can. Here's the a little f- bit more uh, spry than you. Mm, I'm a former four-time champion. I've got athletic genes. <laughs> um, hey, so I guess here's the one thing about the weather. I think the track guys were expecting it to rain all week, so they didn't really rip it up. So I don't know if the track JT was the greatest for racing on. It sort of got pushed off and slippery and crappy, and you sort of had one rut. And it, I don't know if it was the greatest high point track. Yeah, I've definitely seen uh, better, I guess. Be- I, you know what, honestly, as the day was going on, I was watching practice. It was obviously really, really muddy in the morning. Uh, came around a bit in the second practice, and then there was a 30 to 45-minute gap after the concies where I was just praying that they would go disc the entire track. 
I felt like it was in that perfect window where it wasn't muddy anymore and it wasn't hard underneath yet. So you have a little window there where if you go turn the dirt over, you're going to keep it soft all the way through, and then you're going to bring the soft, the wetter dirt back to the top and, and get some moisture into it. And they didn't do that. They backbladed it and watered it, and, and I just don't feel that that's I don't feel that's the way to go about it. I don't feel that's going to make the best racetrack. So I was a little disappointed in that, but you know, it wasn't the end of the world. It just wasn't as good as I could have been, I felt. What do you think, Wage? Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I think, um, well, I don't know about the specifics of, of when to rip it. I think, JT, you know that better than me. But as far as the, yeah, I don't think the track turned out as good as it could have. I got to imagine that, obviously, having to seal it in on Thursday and Friday because it got a lot of rain both those days. So they couldn't rip it then. And I have to imagine that that also affects the amount of soil that you can bring in if you want to do sawdust, wood chips, rice holes, whatever they use. Every mm-hmm. track has a different method of the, accomplishing the same thing. You really can't do that. Like, you can't rip it up, drop in sawdust, and make it look like brownie mix if the rain is coming. So I think it did jack up the track quite a bit. That They couldn't do the probably what they intended to. Yeah. Um Bigger. What's weird is, by the way, I'll just mention the people that, like Mark Peters, who has a hand in, I don't know, maybe half the tracks or four or five of the tracks that are on the schedule, is kind of the guy in charge of it. So nowadays, most of these tracks, it might seem like it's just the local promoter, like in this case, it's the Holberts that own it or the Coombs that run it. There's a lot more uniformity with the track prep nowadays than you might think, probably more than there used to be. So it's like they know what they would like to do week in, week out. If it gets messed up, it's probably because of the weather it's not because they don't know what they're doing yeah nobody said that nobody said that no no I, the reason i say that is because like um you would assume like the same the same people that made one track awesome one week don't get it quite right the next week mm-hmm. you know you you know that there's a reason for it it's not because they just don't know like it's literally the same people working the same track right right yeah uh why well, bigger surprise back at one one James Stewart won one. Um, uh, man, that's close. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go Stewart. A little bit more of a surprise. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's darn close. In both directions, almost. Like, once you saw it, it actually all made sense, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. James looked. He lost a few seconds one lap and then just said, okay, watch this. And the next lap, he went two seconds faster. He he had some heat on him from Trey. He had heat on him from guys coming, catching him a bit. But never once did I feel like, oh, man, he's in trouble. Like, it didn't matter. Uh, uh, one second, four seconds, whatever the gap was, he looked like he was no problem. Yeah, um, I guess what I mean is because they had struggled the first couple weeks, it was a surprise. But then once you saw it happen, you're like, okay, now we know that they're both where they probably, where we thought they were going to be. You know, yeah. when the season began, they were definitely title favorites, you know, right up there right. On, in the mix. So now you're just like, okay, now they're just where we thought we should be. Maybe we shouldn't have been so surprised. It was just those first couple weeks really um, threw yeah. us off, which to me, maybe there needs to be a debate about bike setup. Maybe we need <laughs> to get into that if that's really a factor. Well, we can. It's been less than 24 hours since the Pulp Show where we had another, yet another. Uh, uh, controversy, uh, controversial uh, fights. So we can get into it again. It's no problem. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, J- JT f- presented as Exhibit A, Chad Reed, and I'm just like going, okay, all right, great. Yeah, let's ask Chad Reed, the guy who's constantly talking about bike setup and this and that. 
and let me – I didn't get a chance to pull a, you know, some of the mechanics and team technicians that told me at High Point this week that I was bang on. So, um, oh, really? You're banging who? <laughs> easy, easy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's just one of those things. Um, I feel like, you know, both of us are right in a way in that the rider can feel confident and can ride faster uh, when he feels confident in his bike. And basically, so in a way, I'm right because it is up to the rider. But yet, JT's right because it's, it's, it's a feeling on a bike that makes a rider faster. It really is a chicken or an egg argument. But I, I, I will always say that talent can overcome a poorly set up bike. That is sort of the crux of my argument. And I just I don't think the Showa and Suzuki guys got super smart in a week, week and a half, or whatever. If you want to date it to Hangtown, you want to date it to Second Moto at Colorado, wherever you want to date it at, I don't feel like the Suzuki guys got all of a sudden all this knowledge and uh, you know, I don't feel like they ran into that green that brown ball of knowledge from ESPN commercials back in the day. Yep. Um, you know, so I feel like James just is just more into it. He's just feeling better, like the track, you know, felt confident. Although, curiously, did you guys catch James' comments? JT, I'll start with you, that he never liked High Point much and never did that well there? I mean, yeah, he said he was never good there, which but, I was I found peculiar as well because yes. I feel like he's been incredibly fast there. He's had some big get-offs there, don't get me wrong, but he's well, been he's shown crazy speed there before. Hold on, he had one big get-off, correct? Well, okay. Well, that's But no, no, I know. You know. But he said I think he said I'd crashed a few times or something there. Like I he had that huge massive get-off that was ugly. Um but James right. had a lot of huge massive get-offs here and there. So, um I didn't really get that comment. To me, he hauls ass at every track. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, a little I weird. Uh, I don't record, know. Though, I think he's only. I think it's only the third time he ever won there, or something like that. Oh yeah. So, oh, that's all. Only only three times. <laughs> well, yeah, but okay. So two times uh, up until that weekend, and that's what he was saying. Surprising, he won twice in his whole career coming into that. I'm sure there's other tracks where he's been a lot better. Uh, I don't think it's that. I know he DNF'd one one year when you know he didn't win because his KX125 broke. Um, but I think that's kind of what he's talking about. Like, he's just had a lot of just general bad luck and stuff. It's not just yeah. struggles riding-wise. It's just a lot of crap has gone wrong. Yeah. JT, they, they never had that downhill double after he ate shit there. They, they've never had it since, right? Like, they uh, fixed it that next year. Did they year. take it away after that? I think they did. And I used it to, was sketchy. I know that. Well, I was going to say, that thing was, I used to like watching that thing, but I don't know about riding it. But it, it took. Well, the, the yeah. sketchy thing was you—you you could never really downside it. Like it was impossible to, to perfectly downside. Like mm-hmm. the takeoff wasn't there wasn't enough takeoff. It was just a kind of a ledge, and the downside was super steep. So you ended up bouncing into these ruts on right. the landing. It was it was scary. I mean, you could you didn't have to jump off the track like Stu did, but yeah. Yeah. it was scary regardless. Can we talk about the 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 wall turn, the wood turn again, or should we? I, I missed I, the wood turn. I go on this every. I think I've gone on this every year on the podcast. Yep. I like the wood turn. It was cool. B- bouncing off that thing, that was cool. That was like a Fenway Park of moto thing, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just took it away. Hey, White Lock. May he rest in peace. Oh, another one of White Lock's great ideas? It really was? Yeah, yeah. He said that riding across the start straight, you know, they went across the start yeah. straight to get to that wood turn, that made the start dangerous. So there aren't any tracks any longer outdoors where the riders go across the start straight anymore. I don't know why someone in power just, as soon as Whitelock was gone, 
looked at every decision he made and reversed it. Like, just <laughs> across the board. Okay, everybody, Whitelock is gone. He said uh, he put the stakes in. He got rid of the wall turn. He did this or that. Uh, the fuel. Uh, okay, everything is reversed. Thank you. We will now move on. I don't know why we didn't, we didn't do that. I think at high point they got screwed because um, for the few years it had to be gone for sure. They kind of rebuilt that whole area. Yeah, know? they built yeah. like a little gravel, like an offense, like spectator area. So I don't think they can bring it back. That that wall turn is not walking back in this door. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That um, was good though. The wall turn yeah. was awesome. Uh, let's get back to Stewie uh, JT. Oh, hey, I'm going to say what? okay. So yeah, this has been a major chicken and the egg thing. I'm sure you guys discussed it on your show last time. Oh, Everybody, yes. I'm hearing in all directions like. Is it excuses? Is it legit? I will give credit to both Stewart and Baggett. I feel like they have been consistent every single time they've spoken this year about what they're dealing with, how much closer they're getting, what they will do once they finally get it where they want it, and I feel like they've totally backed up their words, too. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with their words on this one and trust them. I think they were right. Bingo. Okay. Yeah. Well, There I- hasn't been any wavering in the bike does this. Once we get it to do that, things will be different. I mean, they are incredibly different. Okay. In four weeks, they're riding so much better. Okay. I'll give they're you that. more into it is your – just more into it. I'll they give – listen to the right music that morning. No, no. They're just – you know, they're getting uh, more into the outdoor mode. They maybe got surprised. Maybe Baggett's time off with um, uh, the eye injury hurt his skills a bit for outdoors, and he's getting into the shape of things. We're four rounds in. Maybe Stu didn't ride a lot of outdoors because he was going for the title, the Supercross title. Which uh, would lead to the bike okay. setup and testing maybe not he, being worse. Here, here's the thing, Wygant. Okay. So now we all agree James Stewart is the most talented rider in the class. We all know this. He's the most talented racer to ever race a motorcycle. So there is eight rounds left, 16 motos. I look forward to James Stewart because he's the best rider in the world, talented-wise, and because now his bike is perfect. Because we just saw him go one-one, I look forward to him winning thirteen out of the next sixteen motos, and I'll, okay. I'll and I'll and I'll, I'll I'll give him a few losses for bad starts or whatever. So I, I look forward to the upcoming domination from James Stewart because he okay. has his bike dialed in. Spin this for you, and he's the most talented racer ever. So I cannot wait. How many wait. motos this year do you believe he will finish a minute and a half behind, like he did at Segel and Helen? How many motos will those of those will there be? There'll be more. A minute, well, a minute and a half? Really? Oh, I don't know about a minute and a half. But, Whatever the distance okay. was at Glen Helen, he was just getting sixth or just getting seventh and couldn't do anything with anybody. And just sixth was as good as he could get that day. And he was a minute behind the KTM guys. Yeah. So that's, that's just going to happen also one day? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe so. Yes, yes. Redbud, he'll just get sixth. Yeah. And uh, no, I don't know about right sixth. Metcalf, I, I got nothing for Metcalf. <laughs> I don't know about sixth. But, uh, well, uh, that's the point. If you're saying it has nothing to do with the bike and it's not going to change the averages at all, then he. I look forward to him winning 13 out of the next 16 motos and running away with this title because now he's dialed. Now he's set. Uh, or how about this? I can see him having some off days and getting beat by 30 seconds by the KTM guys going forward from here. I really can. So I look, I look you know, this should be interesting to see. And, and now Blake Baggett will dominate. I don't know. I'm not so sure about the Baggett thing. But, but. You know, I, I get has pretty much said, hey, this year we switched to Air Force. I wasn't sure why that was the case, but I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, last they, year they did not sell the A-kit triple chamber Air Force, so you couldn't No, they had Air Force last year. That's where, that's where the confusion comes in. No, they did. I, I, I talked, well, they I, did on their 450s. Did they in the 250s? Yes, I talked to Bones about them. And I talked to Paul Parabinos' old mechanic. And one of the things that he said last year, 
Blake had a hard time adjusting to Air Forks. Yeah. All right. Um, do you guys anyway, want- Baggett said, once I get the Air Forks where I want them, then we'll ride more like we expect to ride. And then he pretty much said that we got them back where I want them and yeah. we should ride like I expect to ride. And then that's exactly what he did. Um, do we want to talk about this upcoming suspension for Supercross drug testing? That I think we should are, focus on it a little bit. People are blowing up my Twitter about I just checked my Twitter while we just ranting. And, um, again, people are big on this. So, yeah. as of Tuesday morning, 10.05 a.m. Pacific, June 17th, 2014, we have not seen anything. We have not seen a press release yet. So, we don't know. It is from Supercross testing. I believe... Weege, maybe you can correct me. It should be one of the top three in the 250s and one of the top, or or one of the top three in the 450s. That was all that was tested at Seattle. Yeah, I don't know. Is that true? That's what I, I mean. If that's true, then definitely. Okay, is. that's what I'm hearing. So it's it's yeah. going to be a top guy for something. It was 250. I didn't even realize it was 250s. Yeah, that, FIM. yeah, yeah. No, when did that change? That changed. That changed last year or two years ago. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, then yeah, then. Uh, it, we got it pretty well narrowed down, huh? Well, I think so. I, I would believe so. It's, and, and we know it's from Supercross testing. Do we know if it's going to affect the outdoors? We don't. Do we? No, because I think that, uh, I mean, anyone to try to answer that question, it's like you and I arguing over this setup thing. Like, what's really in charge of what? You know, that's an FIM. Uh, yeah. FIM hires what? WADA? Yeah. Yeah. For Supercross. However, there's not a complete disconnect between the FIM and the AMA, or WADA and USADA, they're all right. connected. So I could see how you could say they're totally different sports testing, whatever, mm-hmm. doesn't count, but I could also see how you could say, but they are all connected, so it all counts. So I don't, I don't know how that problem gets solved. I heard this from people at the races, and I honestly didn't hear it from anybody. I heard it from team guys that someone tested positive, and it's coming out, and I honestly was like, no, nah, I haven't heard anything, and I, I really doubted it. Because it wasn't from anybody official, and I, I, I never thought we would actually catch somebody doing anything. But I guess it's coming out. And, and you know what? Uh, in a way, I'm, I'm happy they did catch somebody. I'm not happy whoever the guy is that's going to be you know, screwed over. It's too bad. It sucks. It's, uh, it sucks for him and his team and all this. But in a way, it's like, hey, it's working, I guess, JT, right? It's kind of working. It's Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's what you just said. Sorry. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't know. Um, what do you think, Weech? It's yeah. It's uh, I, I think this is what it comes down to. Um, you hope that it's something, and it rarely is in this case, but you hope it's something that's pretty clear cut, and there isn't much room for interpretation. Because I know when we were mentioning the drug testing coming for outdoors, and we had. Uh, your buddy Adam Enignap on your show. <laughs> yes. We were like, dude, someone's going to take cough medicine from Walgreens and get caught. You know, Claritin. Claritin was a big Claritin, thing. Claritin, yes. yes he, was... <laughs> he was very big in the Claritin. Now, I did attend the USADA meeting. Yeah. And again, that is different. That's not world anti-doping. Yeah. So I think the rules are a little different. But in general, they said a lot of those things are on the list, but the amount that you would have to have in your system is well beyond what you would ever take <laughs> if you have allergies in the morning. Right. So hopefully there are things in place, you know, so that type of thing doesn't happen. I mean, if they caught some dude running a nice morning cocktail of HGH uh, <laughs> and roids, I think it would be like, well, that's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Um, I, I don't – But with the testing, I think that's always been everyone's fear, that kind of like false positive. Like, well, is it really legit? Is it really help? Is mm-hmm. it an accident? That's where this stuff starts getting tangled. 
JT, I don't see this being a recreational drug test positive either. No, this I is going to be this is going to be performance enhancing. Yeah, sure. yeah. I, we don't have J Law. We don't have. I, I don't think that these guys at this level are. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't see a a recreational drug positive test here. So, um, should be interesting to see what what goes on from here. But people are very very into this, uh, and I really I blame Lance, I guess, or it's our culture now, right? Weege, it's sort of our culture, but. My God, these are these fans on the show last night on my Twitter account on Vital MX. They yeah. are just rabid dogs. I know you don't like the dog analogy, but rabid dog on a bone. Well, no, all dogs are rabid. I agree. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Rabid dogs in what direction? What do you mean? In what direction? What do you mean they're rabid dogs? Like just they're mad about the testing, or they're mad that they are testing? Uh, whatever. They're just rabid dogs. They're just fu- they're, they're they're insane. Yeah. I mean, well, that's what it's going to bring to the table. Like. As we've seen in all these other sports, you immediately get labeled as a cheater if you get caught. Now, the problem is going to be, like I said, if they catch a dude with a gnarly cocktail, well, he's literally like, I don't even know how you take HGH, I don't even know, or how you take um, roids or EPO or whatever. Like, if they caught the guy in a water bottle down at the starting line just drinking the stuff and he's got, like, needles sticking out of his arms, I think if it would be like, all right, that's pretty legit. Yeah. The guy's a cheater. We need to call in the question. This rider, every rider, the trainers, the whole sport, there's dirtiness everywhere. What does this mean? I mean, once they uncovered one guy in cycling, they realized pretty much everyone was doing it. Yeah. Once they uncovered one guy in baseball, they realized pretty much everyone was doing it. Hmm. Okay. If that happens, I think everybody's almost prepared for that because we've seen it in other sports. But, man, if it's like a gray area, like we said, like Adam Enning not taking too much Claritin. Yeah. And, That's where it's going to get sticky. Well, and then, you know, you got, well, yeah, the, F, the FIM and WADA and USADA and MX Sports, but yet the AMA is sort of there, but they're not really at the races, but we award an AMA plate for outdoors. Like I, It's not, like I said, know? it's not disconnected. Yeah. It's not super connected, but it's not completely right. um, disconnected either. Good luck. And the Good same luck. thing with USADA and WADA and the FIM and the AMA. It's like double and, and Feld is somehow in there. You know, Feld's not going to just stand back and be like, oh, okay, all right. You know, they well, want. Well, I would hope they would. I mean, that's the whole point uh, yeah, of having this independent but, yeah, thing. But yeah, we... They're not going to do that. They're well, not. Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah. baseball players were obviously disciplined right. by Major League Baseball in the end, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, well, what a mess. What a mess. And I guess we'll, we're supposed to see a press release maybe today. I don't know. We'll see. Do you know anything, Ouija? I mean, are you connected to these press releases? Do you get these things? Uh, I think if it was coming from, and I think all of us thought at first it was coming from the MX Sports drug testing, which started at Colorado. Mm-hmm. I'm sure in that case I would be, but this is not. Like, I don't, who gets FIM press releases? How does it even work? I don't know. Like, I get Ustream press releases from the GPs. J- JT told me it was a fly rider who tested positive for looking good. That's what we do. That's what he told me. I think uh, Weston Pike tested positive for Seattle. I bet I think he's in the clear for the outdoors. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, it's interesting to see what happens, and uh, good luck sorting this out. That's for sure. Dude, it's going to be, honestly, if anything comes out at all, and something is definitely, right, something is coming out. From what I hear, from people, important people, yes. It will be the story of the year, I think. Yeah, yeah. Next to... Weston Pike having to switch gear for the outdoors after that. According to one guy. Yeah, yeah according to one guy. Fly Racing's own Trey <laughs> Kennard. Let's talk about Fly Racing owns Trey Kennard. Uh, damn, he was, a, he was a tip over away from going 2-2, JT. 
Uh, yeah, it was close. I mean, you know, obviously he made a mistake, and I think he was a bit frustrated with that. But, uh, I mean, the second moto was really, really impressive to me. He was under crazy pressure, literally the entire moto. Yes, yes. Uh, and he, he never faltered, never made a mistake, never gave an inch. So um, after the second moto at Lakewood, where I felt like he, you know, kind of gave up the ghost a bit, mm-hmm. um, really, really nice to see him bounce back and, and fight back against those guys. JT, you're a former top rider. Let me ask you this question. You know it. Uh, he told me after the race, you know that little jump on the plateau? He yeah. told me after the race he did not do that all day. It was obviously slower, and it was because where he, he crashed and broke his wrist. And he said he was yeah. spooked out a little bit. Uh, I believe that. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's... I mean, is that... I'm not, you know... That happens. I mean, it's one of those mental things where, you know, he had a bad injury there, wrist dislocation, I believe, which is not a fun one. Um, last lap or second to last lap winning the moto, and basically the same situation where it was a really tough jump, really ruddy, you had to commit to it. I saw everybody that would jump that have a moment there, at least sometime during the day. So I, I can get it. I mean, I'm sure he knew it was slow, you know, but, but just risk-reward. Hey, it was a different type of obstacle. So I still found, I found that a little strange. It wasn't like a triple or a triple tabletop thing or whatever it was when he crashed. You know, yeah, like, but it's still a sketchy obstacle, okay, yeah, you know? Okay. Sketchy, and he probably was like, I'm not doing this again. Like, I'm not yeah. crashing on this. Well, Whether it was exactly the same kind of obstacle, I, I agree with you that it was yeah. not, but still similar. Same exact spot, and it's still a really tough jump. Yeah. Weege Dunge has washed his front end out now late in the race, two races in a row in a moto. It's cost him spots. Roger DeCoster told me afterwards that he, it's good. It means he's pushing. Yeah, I saw that. Um, <clears throat> listen to that. Going to whatever that is that website it is that you run. Um, so he... It is good in a way. I guess you can find the silver lining there because it seems like, except for that one moto at Glen Helen, Roxon has been just a smidge better all around. Like he's been able to kind of catch him and pass him. You haven't seen Dunge really come back and get him back at any point. And then this weekend he actually did. Then, of course, it resulted in tipping over. But it's like, okay, well, yeah. it'd be better to be like, if he passes me, I'm able to pass him back. Then I'm just screwed. So if that means you're pushing it a little too hard, yeah. I guess I guess you take take that with it. Um, yeah. It's easy to say just go faster, but also don't crash. Yeah, really, you know? right? Um, yeah, two weeks in a row, fourth overall for him. So, yep. right? Or did, yep. tr- did, tr- did Trey get fourth last week? No, I don't think Trey made the Stu point. got fourth, or they got third last week. Stu got, yeah. Stu got third overall. Right. Um, uh, and then also, too, uh, Stewart wasn't the most impressive guy in that class, no doubt, going 1-1. But Kenny Kenny Roxon didn't get any starts, but he was coming. He was good. Kenny was very good. There's no reason people should look at James beating Kenny and be like, oh, Kenny's in trouble. He was still very good, JT. Yeah, I don't know if he should think he's in trouble, but I, I do think that it may have validated that James will be a factor at some point because I, no, I don't won't. think that. Nope, nope. No, he's going to go right back to where he was at Glen Helen for a few weeks. <laughs> nope, 13, 13 16, out of 16 motos. Can't wait. Cannot wait till Stewie just runs away with this thing because he is the t- most talented guy and his bike is set up. So there's I no reason. Figure out the same exact rental car that he must have had at High Point and the music you listen to in the morning and what he had for breakfast. Try to replicate that just being into itness because that's what matters. Hey, I've gotten three texts. He tried better. <laughs> he just wants it more. Uh, yeah. I've had three texts in the last ten minutes just from industry people asking me about this this this, this PED thing just right now. Who is it? Who is it? So oh, yeah. just to show oh, yeah. you, right? Just to show you what what's going on. Hey, so 
Uh, but Roxon was good. They, all, those four guys were good. Um, okay, so now the question is, Weege, does anyone else get into that group of four? I don't think so. I don't. I think that, um, you know, Kennard and Stu were not nearly this close right off the bat. Now, they both coincidentally said that they would need to do some work on their bikes and they would get closer once they had that dialed in. And they both coincidentally did exactly what they said would happen once they got the settings the way they want, after they got the settings the way they want. I guess that's just coincidence. So at this point, I think you're seeing pretty much four races in. This is what everybody's got. This is where everybody is. Everybody's pretty close to where they their, their ideal situation. So, And they've moved away from everyone else. So I don't see it happening. When, Obviously, crashes, injuries, yeah, yeah. it starts. But speed-wise, I think you've got a best of the rest behind them. What do you think, JT? I think that's your that's your group. Um, the interesting thing will be, can these guys make steps up as the season rolls on, or does you know Roxon take a step back, or how does that dynamic change? Because obviously James made a huge step up at Mount Morris, and and Steve knows that he just rode better. You know there can't be any other reason to it than that. Um, but I don't I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see how this goes on and, and the mental the mental aspect aspects of it come into play because I think James' confidence grew by leaps and bounds on this past Saturday. So I think he he obviously won a moto at Lakewood, but it wasn't that convincing to me. Like they were all over him, basically, is what I'm yeah, trying yeah, to say. And, and I didn't get that feeling in Mount Morris at all. It was more he was in control, and it, I felt like if he needed to up the pace, he could have. You know, I, yeah. I just felt like he was totally managing the race. Where Lakewood, it was just everything he could do to hold on to the thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, After the first moto at Lakewood, when he won, Georgia Lindsay said, does this mean that you're where you need to be? And he said, no, we still have some more work to do on the bike until we're where we need to be. And then he said a high point that the bike is where it needed to be and he did ride better, but I guess that was a coincidence. Absolutely. Well, uh, the proof is in the pudding from here on out. So, we'll we'll Kenny Rocks for Metcalf to just is, pull is Kenny on the Wasatawa. Kenny Rocks and may as well just not even show up cuz this thing is over. Pudding is on Usatawa, so it ain't gonna, there's not going to be any proof in any pudding. <laughs> uh, it's Chipotle on the Usatawa cuz we got Oh crap, the pits are done. We got some problems. Uh, shit. uh Hey JT Chad Reed. Uh did he officially get both hole shots? Yeah. Uh, he did, yes. Okay, officially got him. Um, and when yep. we saw a little, we saw for a, a brief glimpse, a Stu Reed battle up front. It's like all over. It was 2003 all over again. Um, but he was better, 5'10", uh, ran up front um, uh, for a little bit. We talked to him on the Pulp Show, obviously, and he's still working on things and all that. But it was a step forward, no doubt. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, <clears throat> you know, especially the first moto, uh, he he actually rode well and was capable of going to pace for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I thought, uh, you know, obviously they they gapped him as the race went on and they got by him and all that. But he he showed signs of promise and it's really the first time all year that he's shown anything like that. So that was obviously a bright spot. Uh, then the second moto just you know wasn't wasn't good. I don't think he had much left in the tank and went backwards pretty quickly. So uh, at least it was something to build off of. Which you know after Lakewood, I think he was. Just he was looking for anything to to kind of you know give him some confidence and give him some hope at this point. So uh, have a weekend off and and give a little bit of uh, you know good mm-hmm. feelings around the truck and hopefully he can build off of it. 
Uh, Weston Pike finally got a start and on a track that he hadn't been to for a few years. And we talked about this, I think we talked about this last week, um, or on one of these shows I do at some point. Uh, he, re- he was impressive, JT. Fifth place. That's good. That's really good. Got to start, and he showed, mm-hmm. hey, he's like, hey, I got to start, and I can do it. I can run this pace. Yeah, he's solid. I mean, it's obviously the start helped a lot. Um, but he, he's, he it was really similar to how James kind of won. Like, he was in fifth, and he was easily in fifth. Like, I, I don't think he could have run with any of those other top four. I'm no. pretty confident in that. Yeah. But he was easily the fifth best guy. It, I mean, it wasn't even close. So, uh, definitely was good to see for him. I, I, I know he's been kind of hoping to just get a chance to show that he can be that guy. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't know what's going on with with his starts. If I, I don't think it's a, a weight issue or anything like that. I think it's just, uh, you know, technique and a lot of things that we saw Josh Hill have to work on at Supercross. And Brock Tickles obviously had his start issues. So whatever they're doing, I, I'm sure they're working towards it. And, and it was nice to see that pay off a little bit, Segamoto. Uh, hey, Weege, I talked to Coy Gibbs yesterday. He told me you went there and mooched some free food off of him and that you never buy. He always has to pay for you to eat and everything else. Yep. After he stopped complaining, and you know Coy, that's about 10 minutes. Yep. Uh, uh, what would you see from those guys, uh, at the, from the JGR guys at, uh, at High Point? They were very adamant that Phil Nicoletti had a rear brake problem. He did not fade. He did not fade, which <laughs> um, you don't have to worry, guys. If you have Phil Nicoletti on your team or Alex Martin – you will be getting plenty of coverage on all the Racer X subsidiaries. <laughs> right? We got to stop. We got all of us have to stop. Yeah. You know what it is, though? This is universally. I think you said this, and we also had Jordan Roberts did a video, and Chase Snellow caught up with both of them after the race. So we had three interviews of those guys. <laughs> they hang out in front of the trucks. Yeah, they do. They do. It literally comes down to that. It's so dumb. They're, but they, they don't hide. They they're at one of one of them is at the other guy's trucks and they're busting each other's balls and making fun of each other and they're more than happy to talk and give you an interview. Right. Like, like I hate to say this, but I think even now you you realize fans if you go to the races enough, certain riders know they just can't hang out outside the truck. Like Ryan Dungey not do it. Ryan Dungey will be mobbed for three hours signing autographs. But I hate to say this, but unfortunately, Amart and Filthy Phil can. Like <laughs> they'll be all right. So uh, when you're scounging the pits and you're looking for guys, they're always right. there. It's, it's, but we, yeah, we need to have a moratorium. Stop talking to Filthy Phil and Amar. <laughs> uh, I got a, okay. Just got a text from a mechanic. Do you know what time the press release is? Just got a text okay. from an agent. Uh, I've been checking Twitter every ten minutes. Uh, got wow. another. Got another text from another agent. Uh, do you know when the news slash PR is coming out? <laughs> this is all while we've been talking. Story of the summer, man. Story <laughs> of the summer. Uh, but no, I was very angry at Filthy Phil. I'm a Filthy Phil fan. There's, I'm just gonna say that uh, I'm an FFF, okay. uh, Filthy Phil fan, and um, I, I was upset that he was fading backwards so bad. But yes, he had a rear brake problem. So they were mad that he was shaking his head, but wasn't pointing to anything, <laughs> and then putting on the pit board to shift because he was obviously downshifting to yes, you know, try to get some engine braking. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, what? Freaking shift that thing. What's wrong with you? Now, we know Phil had had a reputation, according yeah. to Chad Sander, for blowing up bikes by being terrible at shifting. And nothing so, to do with, with the 1110 bike he was on. All Phil. No, it was all Phil. Those bikes were solid. Yes. Um, so I think they were having flashbacks to, oh, Phil doesn't shift. we got a problem here. What's wrong with him? Yeah. It's just a rear brake issue. And, I was surprised. I didn't really get to see it because on TV we were just showing the guys up front. Right. 
the fade must have been pretty epic if they were this concerned. Yeah, it was, wasn't good. wasn't okay. good. Did you think he was tired, JT? Uh, I wasn't really sure. Um, he didn't look tired, like body language, so that's generally what I go off of, watching yeah. their head, if they're – their head position when they land off jumps and yeah. elbows. Elbows, and correct, yeah. Correct uh, technique is, is kind of a dead giveaway for me, and I didn't really see that, so I didn't know what was going on, to be, to be quite honest. Uh, and Josh Grant, consistent Josh Grant. Happy living in the now, 6-6. He has been pretty solid, really. He yep. had a bad one at Hangtown, but otherwise, yep. he's been all right. Um, zebra cakes. Was that a big word around the shop? Uh, no, you weren't a topic this week, believe it or not. No. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not too they pumped. They were very concerned about this filthy Phil uh, fade. Oh, they were? Um, yeah. yeah. I also told them how, uh, I also told them how um, uh, everyone thinks Justin Barsha, Justin Barsha is uh, potentially going to be racing for a different team next year. Yeah. He's on now. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone uh, believes that he was just faking his injury because he didn't want to ride for his current team anymore, and then he had to take every rider nowadays has to show you photos of their surgery <laughs> to prove yeah to prove uh, uh villo did that too right yeah villo right. yeah, yeah villo right. did it too yeah, yeah you'd have to do it or no one will believe you um, um if only they had and fab and fab back justin barsha <laughs> yeah exactly right uh what do you think of shorty's day jt consistent ran up front in the first moto for a bit yeah it was all right um <clears throat> he was he actually had reeled Chad in at the end. Chad went off the track, and uh, that shortened the gap in between them quite a bit. And then Shorty kind of, uh, I think he caught wind of Chad and could see him and, and then was just, you know, reeling him in from that point. And Josh Grant actually reeled in Andrew on the last lap because of some lappers, and, and Josh Grant actually landed on Andrew uh, the last turn and broke Andrew's finger. So, oh. um, Whoa. yeah, Andrew went from a possible fifth to a seventh because of that. So it was kind of a bummer. <clears throat> but uh, no, yeah, he had a solid day. I think he's he's just still building and improving and mm-hmm. just trying to avoid crashes and bad luck and broken chains and all the stuff that's been happening. Weech, did I write anything about Josh Grant that Ping and JT did not? No, not at all. Did I deserve that lashing? No, like I think in the past maybe you've been one guy beating one drum, but in this case it was just the same. The, the band was like it was like the Blue Man Group. It was like three identical looking guys all playing the same instrument at the same time. Yeah, I'm a right? little bigger, but I'm still blue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Hey, uh, I was at hanging out with Andrew Short last week at the KTM uh, dealer thing. I think honestly, if you're a fan and you wanted to be a professional rider. Et cetera, et cetera. Everybody wants to be whoever's on top right now. Roxanne's leading the points, or Ryan Villapoto, your champ. But having Andrew Short's career, life, overall deal, pretty much ideal. Just really thinking about it. <laughs> the guy really <laughs> likes what he's doing. Yeah, he does. He made good money. He doesn't suck, so he doesn't have to, you know, it's not like every week he feels like a failure. You know, he's good enough to make good money and be competitive, but the pressure yeah. isn't going to be the same as it is for, obviously, Villapoto, who's dealing with that big time right now. He's friendly with everybody. Everybody likes him. Like, overall, that would be a tough one to top, I think. You'd almost be better off being shorty than any of those other guys. I, I always feel like, what do you think? I always feel like Jake Weimer should, should go be short. He's not. He's depressed. He wants to hang himself. Now he's got some big problems going on with his back and his butt. Did you guys see that on Twitter? <laughs> Did you guys see that? Yeah. Oh, my yep. God. Yeah. Is he going to miss races? Is he going to miss races, JT? I would, 
don't I, know. He's got a weekend off. I so know, but... If there's no structural damage, I think he could be okay. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. I've never seen... The only time I've seen more purple than that is that, that one Smurf episode where the, where the Smurf bites the other one on the tail and they turn purple. Do you remember that one? <laughs> no. You don't remember that one where it was like the evil no. Smurfs were all turning purple? No. Okay. All right. Never mind, guys. I ended uh, with Blue Man Group. That's all I got for you. Um. Anyways, Weimer should be like short. He's solid. He's fast. I guess he's younger, so maybe that's why he feels like he's a failure. You know, Weimer's interviews are just—I mean—they're bordering suicidal at sometimes. So, I'm with you. Nothing wrong with Andrew Short. Nothing wrong at all. No, like again, if you're taking that, li- I know that everybody would want to be Ryan Villapoto because he's winning. But I think we all also know that the price he has paid to win has made his life not exactly awesome right now. Yeah. I think, I, I think, I don't miserable. Think I, <laughs> right. I don't, think we're, I don't think these are secrets that we're telling. If you're short, you're a notch slower, and your life is several times better because you're not just being beat on all the time. And uh, you're still making good money. I'm taking, I'm taking RV's life. I, I still am. But you're, you're, yeah, you're going to have to do the work. But, well, I mean, Shorty does the work, too, I'm sure. and Maybe not as much. I have no idea. But uh, but I'm, I'm with you, Weech. I'm totally with you. Like, And, like, honestly, Trey Kennard and Andrew Short, there's a lot of riders and, and sort of you see some fake riders and some riders that aren't always in the best of light with the pressure and everything else. And I, maybe it's just me. I have not seen Trey Kennard and Andrew Short ever, quote-unquote, slip up. They're genuinely good guys who are happy. They really are. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not seeing these guys, but they're true people. They're, they're down-to-earth guys. Yeah. Uh, both of them, you know? And, uh, yeah, I got, I got you. Yep. So, what kind of gear does Short wear? can be done. What kind of gear does Do you think it's of coincidence they're wearing fly and they're both that way, Weech? Maybe. So, the month slip up is the being cut of the PED of looking good. Is that what it is? Put put is short slip up? In, put in short and JT and he's just an asshole, right? It's just it's just the gear. It's just you know, I guess no, that that doesn't explain Pike. What happened with Pike, JT when he very wore, happy when um, he wore fly? You actually uh, because, we sent him over to a competing brand to uh, have him you know take a look in the mirror. But look at, look at his attitude. He's going to come back a, a new guy. But when he wore fly, he—I mean—he's a nice guy, but he's not on short at Canard's level. He's grouchy. No, sometimes. there's definitely a little bit more angst, I would say, <laughs> in the Western Pike <laughs> tent um, than Andrew Short. Ryan Sipes came back, eleven fifteen. Not so bad, Weege. GNCC. I know you were keeping your eye on him. Man, that was like really good. Uh, I was tempted. I haven't had a chance to look up what he finished at High Point last year, but I would say it was. Probably close. Yeah. He had a few, uh, typical, unfortunately, for Sipes, he had a few really good rides last year mm-hmm. on a 450, but then he had some that were up and down, which is typical Sipes, unfortunately. Um, so I'd say 11.15 is almost like he hasn't missed missed much. Did Was I not supposed to say this, JT, or did you say it on the show last night? I'm going to say it anyways. Um, did you say that the Rockstar KTM guys were telling Sipes that maybe there's a spot for him? I heard that. <clears throat> I, okay. It's not confirmed, but okay. I definitely heard that. Right. I heard they were talking to him about filling in the rest of the year if Davey doesn't come back. <laughs> because I thought Davey's or coming maybe back. They, maybe they know he's not coming back or something. I don't know. I thought Davey's coming back at Muddy Creek. I saw a press release. <laughs> okay. Um, Can't wait to see him. Hey, uh, Ivan Tedesco. Ivan Tedesco. 
Is this working out, Weech? Well, I don't know. We were criticized quite heavily <laughs> we, after uh, two motos into the season. We were. But we were all wrong. He got ninth at Glen Helen in the second moto. Ninth? Yeah, I think so. And then we said, but we're not making fun of him for not being fast or not being able to get results. It's just, will he make it through the whole season healthy? That's the whole issue. So where are we at now? Yeah, we're not, you know, crash up. He's on the verge of not making it through the season healthy now. (laughs) I know. JT, what's his problem? He's a nice guy. Ivan's a cool dude. Uh, Certainly got talent. What's going on? Uh, Why does he keep hitting the ground? It's the same thing that Ivan has always done. I don't know why. Hold on. Hold on, Ivan does. He won a national title. Yes, this is what I'm talking about on the 450. Okay. Different, different ball game. Okay. Uh, yeah, you could have a point there. I would like to – someone should go – why don't we get Hansel on bench race ammo, Tedesco's 450 career. Races missed, races entered. Wait, Weed, you did idea. this. You did this, didn't you? Uh, not compared to the 250s, but we did look at his 450 career. Yeah, I think he only made 70 – it was like 72% Start, of the races or something. Yeah. He made, and then this year, I mean, it was like bang on at Supercross. It was like exactly that. It was like exactly yeah. three quarters, and he was out. Well, there's a tattoo. And uh, if you want to consider high point a miss, which it basically was, that would be 75% of the season so far that he's made. <laughs> there's a man with a cheeseburger tattoo that's under his armpit. He's not happy with us for Ivan Tedesco's <laughs> podcast. I'm not going to name any names. Yeah. But. I'm just saying, we all like Ivan. I think yeah. everybody in the sport respects the dude. It's just, yeah, no. we're, we're just telling the truth, which is, you know what I think it is? I don't think Tedesco is, you just look at even his background, you know, it wasn't like he was an unbelievable amateur star. Um, you know, I don't think he might be the most naturally talented guy to throw a leg over a bike, like at age 50, or sorry, in the 50cc class, he was just destined. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he made it happen because he friggin' fights for it. Yeah. Which is awesome, but there's a downside, obviously, to, you know, yeah. Just, uh, this guy's in front of me, and I'm going to figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah. No. I want it bad. Nice and guy. I'm try. Nice like, guy, but. Sucks yeah. Yeah. You've got you to gotta stay on the bike, JT. I'm no Gary Bailey, but you've got to stay on the bike. No, it ha- I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of been the story of his career, unfortunately. You know, crashes. Um, fast Freddie Norn. It's a tough, tough way to keep going. Fast Freddie Norn is becoming a story. He's becoming a story. 14 13. Uh, so is Killian Rusk. He's doing well. Yeah. Yeah, doing good. The Candyman. Candyman DNF second moto. Bummer. Big, big fan club for the Candyman. Yeah, lots of Candyman fans. Did you see that, Weege? Yeah, I did. Yeah. In Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to call him. Whatever his home. He's got a lot of home tracks. He's almost become the Anderson <laughs> of the East Coast. A little bit, right. Yeah. Um, so I think we should nickname him Willy Wonka. <laughs> I think we can arrange that. All right. Uh, he hasn't been quite as good, though, outdoors as um, no. Supercross. No. No. And uh, uh, we talked a little bit about this on the Pulp Show, but, uh, yeah, it looks like Honda is going to fill that spot at some point with somebody. Um, so we'll see what happens. JT thinks Ben Townley. Which, That's who I guess. Yeah. I don't have any no, no, inside yeah. information you, on just, that. I just oh, guess. Right. Jeez, are you really? I, I could see Connecting it. Dots. I could see it. Absolutely. I know he's kind of returned to racing, but, but what level has he back to? Like, but who else serious? are they going like, to get? That's what I keep coming back to. Well, is Timmy interested in coming back at all? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Because I would get Timmy. We know. You you would. 
<laughs> you would. You would get him. <laughs> I would get him. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. I think Nick Schmidt's on the list down there a little bit. Um, I don't know if Anton Knapp would be on there. He's still injured, but he's coming back now. He's on the front page of his newspaper. Did you guys see that? Really? I did. Yeah, yeah. he's on the front page of his local newspaper. And then, he, and then he tweeted me that he missed me with a broken heart. That creeped me out a little. You responded very uh, <laughs> emotionally. Wow. I don't get a lot of those tweets didn't, from writers. Didn't seem to creep you I, out. You seem to enjoy I it. I haven't, like, Grant, for example, has not sent me that tweet. So I've not, I'm not Josh used Grant? to Yeah, Grant Josh Grant. Lincoln. No, Josh Grant. I'm not used to or getting Hugh that Grant. type of stuff. Um, all right, the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Let's take a commercial break here, gentlemen, and go on to 250 class. Unless either of you jerkies have anything to do with 450s anymore. Uh, I want to mention something about Stewart. Here we go. Um, All right. I have to say, he rode so consistently. Remember how the book used to just be that you just sit on Stewart's rear wheel if you can go fast enough to keep some pressure on him. You don't have to pass him. He'll just blow it. He, he can't ride with pressure. That used to be, that was like the Carmichael playbook. Um, well, it's not even close anymore. Like, that doesn't happen at all. Like, no. to me, he's become one of the best of just dealing with it. Like, this weekend was a perfect showcase of it, and, and uh, Lakewood, too. So, dare I say that he's different? Well, I mean, no. Apparently, I don't know what I'm talking about. Apparently, I am not capable of speaking about motocross. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Uh, a lot of heat this weekend at times. I mean, there were times that Trey was right on him. Lakewood, same thing. Lakewood had a he had Roxon and Dunge all over him, and people were commenting on his, his Lakewood his uh, podium interview, and they were right. The guy was barely sweating; he was just chilling. It was like, eh, whatever. Yeah, high point? You mean high point? No, I meant at Lakewood when he won the oh, moto. That too. Yeah, high point too. Though yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah. So um, all right, like he has. Uh, no one's going to give Stewart. It, it would take about ten years of Stewart not crashing for anyone to think of him as a dude that doesn't crash. Yeah. But, uh, man, dare I say different? One thing uh, – oh, he is. He's different. I'm right. Weege, uh, Chase Stallo, Racer X. Yep. Why do I not see tons of interviews with Clade Clawson? Should that be – that's his kind of guy, you think? He's from South Carolina, and that's perfectly in Chase's wheelhouse. Ooh. All right. We're going to light the spark. He'll be, he'll be at uh, Muddy Creek. I mean, honestly, if there's anybody in Chase Stallo's wheelhouse, it is Clay, Cade Clayson. Dude, I tried. Like, I tried to drag Chase into – like, if you go to staging at the Nationals, you know, the 10 minutes before they roll out for practice and they're just sitting there. Yeah. Like, that's the best bro-down time. Like, everyone's just sitting there on the bike's board. Like, you want to chat with any rider. Yeah. And I was, I was trying to bring him to the promised land. But uh, he's got his guys. He's got his guys. <laughs> was he looking for P.J. Larson somewhere? A lot of talk with Norin, for example. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we shouldn't criticize. Like, I give Chase full credit. He, he really, he's got his, you know, the 10th to 30th place guys that no one talks to. He's got them on lock. So yeah. good for him. Yeah. Somebody's, somebody's got to represent for that group. I just, this guy from South Carolina and being right in that wheelhouse of 10 to, 10 to 20 just seems like a natural fit. Yeah, you need Mitchell Olenberg or Jackson Richardson. Racer X has got you covered. Yeah, absolutely. you got a guy for that. You know what's good, though, honestly? And I'm, I guess I, I was going to say I'm not criticizing other media, but that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, Racer X, I feel, does a great job with these guys. You know, I don't know if the other media does. So, just putting, yeah, I guess. Yeah, just, we're awesome. I know, right? I, well, you know what? I feel like I'm not a RacerX employee. I'm a freelance journalist. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like I can 
somewhat objectively say this. And I did work at another publication for a while. I so. think, in their defense, actually, I think we just have more people, more staff, just more. Maybe. It allows us to do a lot more. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Listen to this race tech commercial to save yourself money. Use the code PULPMX2014 to save yourself money at race tech. And uh, listen to this commercial, and we'll be right back with a 250 class. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Race Tech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lieb, Vince Freeze, Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Race Tech suspension, and they've been along, around a long time, and their, their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people, at least uh, change your oil in your new bike. Use Race Tech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Race Tech's the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Fee, the owner of Race Tech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Race Tech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back. BTOsports.com. RacerX Podcast. Presented by Fox Racing. 250 class. All right. Um, Blake Baggett, 1-1. No doubt about it. He's done won three out of the last four motos. But JT... Three in a row. Three in a row, yeah. Uh, JT, as good as he was... Martin goes 2-6, and, I mean, he loses 13 points, but that's the kind of thing. Like, that's his bad day, and he gets second overall. You know, that's, that's, yeah, a, I mean, that's a good... Could have been much worse, but he still did lose 13 points, which isn't... That's not good. No, so. but I think when you look at a title guy, like, you know, a bad day, and he pulls off a second overall. So he puts points on everybody but one guy, you know? Yeah, it, could have been, it, could, it certainly could have been worse. But you know he's got to he's got to stop this Blake Baggett train. That's all there is to it. Uh, well, sooner better than later because Blake is going to get better and better from what I've seen so far. Uh, if, if Blake can get the starts and he has been, it's a good thing. Um, I think he just need to get those Air Force dialed in, but maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he certainly Blake Blake looked good, no doubt about it. Um, Martin second overall, Anderson third overall with a seven two. Anderson was very good in that second moto. Uh, there's no doubt he came from the back. I missed the first moto. I was doing something for Racer X. What happened? You missed the moto. I did. I, wow. I, yeah, I missed the moto. I'm uh, doing it. Like weeds missing the start. No, no. This was this was on this was on on purpose. Um, so I got to watch it on TV, and I started I'm, watching. I'm, it. I'm literally blown away that you missed the first moto. Yep. I'm doing. I did a feature. I'm doing a feature, bro. Wow. Yeah. Why can't went? Why can't went? Why can't went and looked at a rut all night? Yeah, I mean, you want to <laughs> talk about the race? Well, but still, he was watching a rut. You know, give me a break. You on the start, and then you watch the race. Yeah, but down on the floor, it's not that good down there. I mean, you missed the race. Yeah. Okay. All right. We 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 we. I will watch it on TV, and I will 
I will certainly – I've talked to a lot of people. You know who won it. or anything? Yes, yes. Okay. I understood that uh, Bogle led for a while and Baggett passed him. My question is, what happened to Anderson in the first moto, Weege or JT? Seventh place. Uh, I think that whole group is pretty close. I don't think he had the same level of start that he got yep. in the uh, first moto. Okay. Right? Um, yeah, I, I'm asking you guys. And Bogle yeah. and Bogle led. There's right. uh, obviously Baggett and Martin also have blown some doors off so far this year. But then there's probably like eight other guys. Like if you were to say, tell me who's faster, Justin Hill, Bogle, or Anderson, for example, throw some other guys in there too. It would be really hard to answer that question. Like it just – they flip-flop every moto, and it just depends on starts or whatever. Mm-hmm. I felt like Anderson's start was the key. That was that was the key. He hasn't been up there really at all in the beginning of any motos, and he was, and he, he made good on it. Um, yeah. Webb rode well. I looked at the lap charts for my column, and Webb rode well in that first moto. And second moto, he found himself around Martin, and – they were good with each other. Do you think anybody said anything to them, Weech? You mean like in a positive way? Because that's not... Well, I mean, no, anything like, hey, guys, don't kill each other. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it has to get Webb upset, though, that look how the... Just look at the results. How did it end up? He finished behind Martin. Right behind Martin, yeah, one right. spot behind him. No matter, yeah, three, three and seven, right. Yeah, it doesn't matter what happens. One falls down, one gets a bad start, one's a good start. This is the way they keep ending up. I mean, out of the eight motos this year, how many times have they been... Behind each, it's, but what six out of eight or something like yeah. that, or five out of eight. Yeah, yeah. So, it's I, I can't imagine it's quite over yet. Like he's cool with this. Web starts have pretty much sucked all year, though, huh? Terrible. Yeah, yeah. Except for uh, I think he was pretty good at Glen Helen, but maybe one moto. Yeah, one. Yeah, moto. Second moto I think one good. moto. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He's yep. gotten like one good start good. or two good starts. Uh, everybody else on the Yamaha, the other two guys are killing them. Bogle's good, man. I mean, look, he he didn't win that moto that he led, but Bogle's strong. He's having a good season. Much much improved. If if Zaki Poo was there, how's that battle shaping up between Zaki Poo and Bogle? Who for top well, think, for top Geico guy? I, I was thinking, and the same thing. Somebody tweeted us about Cincerillo. I, I am thinking now that Yamaha got the drop on everybody, and and Geico Honda and uh, KTM and Pro Circuit were all struggling. But now that they're starting to get back to their natural order, you know, I think Muscan's gotten a little better too. Now it starts begging that question like, wait, if Baggett's doing this, what if Wilson was there? What if Cincerillo was there? Davalos, Dorham. Okay, if Bogle's doing this well, what if Zaki Poo is there? Uh, now that's a real question, like a real bench racing question. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the Dean Wilson we saw at Glen Helen wasn't battling for the win, so it wasn't such a big deal. But neither was Baggett. So maybe Wilson would be right there right now if he were there. Yeah, I gotta think so, right? I mean, right. oh, I think I think Wilson's definitely in the mix. If yeah, he's still out there. Yeah, without a doubt. He's supposed to be back, right? JT, he, I saw his Twitter. I said he's getting his. Yeah, I don't think he started stitches. riding yet, so oh, okay. I think it'll be a while. All right, doing a lot of things with that girlfriend of his. Uh, yeah. I mean, what do you want him to do? I don't know. I'm just saying. At least he's in the gym and doing stuff. Yeah, no, with his girlfriend. Um. Okay. Well, sorry, bro. I'm not. No, nothing to apologize about. Clearly, you have an issue with it. No, have you seen her? I, I'm sure I've seen the same things you have. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> um, Porcel, JT, as the, you and Mike Williamson, 
I don't know if who's president and vice president of the Porcel Fan Club, but uh, how do you feel about his season so far? Yeah, season is pretty good. <laughs> uh, we don't take a lot of chances. We don't take a lot of chances. We, we get better. Uh, we work with the bike, and uh, yeah, the the start was good. Uh, it's it's a long time away from the bike, so uh, we get better as the season goes on, and uh, maybe maybe we are there uh, in Utah. <laughs> Villaman has a theory that Porcel is only trying really hard when Muscan is on him. This is <laughs> this is Villaman's theory, and I I mean there maybe is something to it. The French know the French, right? But uh, he said if Porcel needs to ride like he does when Muscan is on him, uh, you know, all the time. It does kind of seem like that. Two or three times Muscan's caught him, and you're like, oh, he'll get him, and he just doesn't. Are they buddies? I doubt it, right? I don't think uh, so. I thought I saw... I don't know. I'm not an expert. I don't know. I did think I saw Matil hanging out over there oh, yeah? at Glen Helen and Press Day, but okay. I mean, that's neither here nor there. I, I, I can't profess to be an expert on how well, their girlfriends or wives get along. I don't really you, know. You never know because, you know, we had the Villam and Roncada slap fest. We all thought they were buddies, but there was obviously right. some deep French hatred brewing there. I think they were, but then they had a big, they had a big issue. Okay. So who knows yeah. with the French? They're very emotional people. I do know the series hasn't been the same since Valentin Tellier has left. I do know that. <laughs> yeah. Definite decline in style. It has, it, this, it has not been the same. Did you guys see that he is filling in for Paulin? Oh, really? Yes. Heard that. Heard yes. that. Yes. So someone else believes in him. Yes. Believes in him. Yes. I'm, f- I'm booking a ticket as we speak to go over. Uh, with, on the Porcel topic, yep. there was a growing chorus. Of this guy rides so weird and picks so weird lines, he's really hard to pass. Mm-hmm. Like most of this class hasn't really raced a guy because three years is a long time in the lights class. Yeah, they are all experiencing this, and it's like hilarious to almost see them discovering it for the first time. Like you can almost see it <laughs> when they have a line where they know they're going to pass them, and they're probably like, "Why is he going up? What? It actually was faster! Damn it! <laughs> he looks like he's not even trying." Like Baggett yeah. experienced it at Lakewood, he couldn't believe it how hard it was to pass him. And then Anderson said at this time, I think they'll all, by the end of the year, especially since he's getting starts, they're all going to be realizing this guy is so unorthodox. It's so hard to figure out what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's quite funny. They're all experiencing this. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, Baggett and Mitch were bench racing about it. Like Baggett was asking, I think, for insider info since Porcel was once on his team. And Mitch said, oh, no, he pretty much said, you will never pass me on the outside. I will not ever allow someone to pass me on the outside. <laughs> Well, and now they know they've got a friggin' dive bomb. No, Anderson did this weekend. Well, they did on it. Yeah. I think Baggett passed him in the same spot. So yeah. I think they know, like, yeah. okay, if it looks like he's cruising on the inside and you're just going to go around him, you better pin it. You better, yeah, you, your balls better be on the crossbar. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you think of Purcell so far? Four races in, Weege? Well, I think it could be better, but I have to keep reminding that Remember, we were like, will he even show up? Will he even race one round? How long till he quits? Like, it was all a possibility, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's stuck it out and he's doing fine, I guess you have to consider that a win, even though he hasn't actually won. I think he's doing about what I thought. Maybe I didn't have him. I think he's had three podiums, right, in eight motos. Uh, I don't know if I had him at three podiums through the first eight motos, but he's doing about what I thought. He's still not in great shape. 
I think the other guys have have shown that. But uh, yeah, he rides he rides he rides crafty. He rides some good lines. I was talking to a Dunlop guy, and I said, "Hey, uh, with Purcell, did you guys test with him? Like, did he did he ever did he say he like? Of course, the Dunlop the Pirelli the Dunlop t- or the tire guys are the most biased individuals in the sport. Mm, <laughs> maybe right after agents and wives. Are they are they who's I don't know if you could rank them, but the tire guys." act like this is, you know, basically the Civil War. Um, anyways, so I'm not sure how much this answer is correct, but I asked the Dunlop guy, did you get to test with Purcell and he chose Pirelli? And then he said, nope, never even did anything with him. Never tested with him, never were contacted, just went with Pirelli's. So, yeah, it's, I, just, I don't know if that's, I'm not saying one way or another what that is, I just found it strange. So. Yeah, I'm sure have, the answer would be totally uh, different on both sides. Yeah, yeah, really. Hardest right? move ever to the Pirelli guys, dumbest move ever to the Yeah, Dunlop. Pirelli guys are like, no, no, no. He knows what the best tires are, and he chose us. That is why. Yeah, which there's probably some uh, – do you think Dunlop would pay him? Uh, no, I don't think so, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I'm not saying that – I don't know that, that Pirelli did, but I bet right. that that was maybe an issue. Yeah, but wouldn't you when see – your own team kind of thing. Yeah, but I, I, would the money go to Purcell? I would think it would go to the team, so then – you know, Who knows? I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't. Right. I would think that Purcell would benefit somehow if he, you know. Uh-huh. I would think so. Uh, Troll Alex Martin. Speaking of Alex Martin, we got the scoop on him. Ten ten at his best race of the Wait, year. Just to expand on that. Oh, like if without Valley or without Purcell, Valley's not going to get paid by Pirelli, correct? So for right. Chris, he has to look at okay, well, I'm bringing this money in, so I, I just see how that could possibly work out. Right. Well, I definitely I think JT is the only one tight enough to call him Chris. Yeah, there we go. There he's Chris to you. Yeah. He's Chris. Christoph or Christoph Porcel or Porcel to the rest of us mere mortals. Yep. Um, what else? Uh, Zach Bell didn't have a great day, but finished both motos. Matt Lemoyne fourteen fourteen. We had three Dakotas in the in the uh, finishing right by each other in what in the first moto. It's crazy. When's that ever happen? On TV, uh, Kessler picked it, had the inside gate, so lots of footage of his dad down there working the, working that rut. It's awesome. <laughs> working that rut in his jean shorts. Uh, might have just been jeans. Just jeans, period. Yeah. Yeah. Stevie Roman raced. Pennsylvania guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, Mathis, you are not you. You think for um, for Jeremy Martin, this is fine. Like this is okay. Yeah, I just think it's one of those. Who's that guy that said, uh, I forget his name, but you win your title on your bad days? Mm, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, hey, a sixth place in the. He crashed, too, in the second moto, and a, he was coming. He was charging. I just think, like, like Roxon, Stu was great, no doubt, most impressive guy. But Roxon, to me, showed me everything at high point that he's still, like, a good title favorite, and he looks good. He's got the points lead. He was oftentimes the fastest guy on the track. He blitzed from the back with bad starts. And I felt the same thing with Martin. I just felt, again, I haven't watched the first moto. He got second. But, like, I'm still, if I'm if I'm Martin, and he told me something really weird after the race, but if I'm Martin, I'm still good. I'm all good. I had a bad day. I got second overall. You know? Wait, I just realized that's the X factor. You didn't see the first moto. Yeah, you didn't even watch. Here's the one. I'm getting to it, bro. Oh. Okay, oh, when you oh. watch it, there's one thing that might make you go, oh, Baggett just ate him alive. He started behind him. 
He oh. passed him on the outside. Like, I don't care about anyone in this class. I now know I'm the fastest guy. Okay. And he left him behind. Now, I'm, I don't want to overstate the importance of one moto. Yeah. We, but we do have a Stewart tendency didn't to do that. go around Roxon like Baggett did, so I think it could yeah. potentially be a little different. And it's yeah. and Baggett's made up 23 points in the last three motos. Like, the points lead is virtually meaningless this early in the season. Yeah, okay. Can make that ground up. I'm not saying he's going to, but just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, by the way, when, when, when we were asked how Cincerillo would do, and I said 12th to 16th, I got a text from AC saying, are you serious? <laughs> I replied, yes, of course I am. Twelfth, oh, sixteenth. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I loved it. I had, that's why I had to join in. Was, that right. actually made me laugh out loud. Yes, I know. Uh, but the sad thing is, is you know, he retweeted it, and I got some of his army on me. Oh God. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of fourteen-year-old girls upset. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Jesse, I don't know what motocross is, but you don't talk to Adam like that. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, I love you. Adam, I love you. Please follow me. I, I, you're a bastard. Adam, I love you. Please follow, please follow me. There has to be girls who, like, you know how it probably was a dream in, like, the 60s, like, if you get backstage passes to, like, the Beatles or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has to be an army of, like, 14 to 18-year-old girls that if they could just get the keys to the gate at Villapoto's place down there, find out where those two guys are. Yeah. Austin and AC. Yeah. They are by, that is their demographic. I challenge somebody to go on Instagram and read some of their replies. If you want a true indication of how awesome it would be if our sport was just huge, please go read some of these Instagram replies. How, how do these girls, like, how do they even get on them in the first place? You know what I mean? Like, I wonder how that happens. Like, do they? Literally because on one, one, one girl knows about motocross, then she tags her friend, okay. then that's her girl tags other people. Because all you look, if you look, it's just all tags, tagging other people, tagging other people. So you build up this this audience from that uh, audience it only takes one it only takes one girl that knows and then wow. it's on good god these two guys man oh it's 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 insane um jesse nelson we spent a week pumping him up had him on the pulp show talked about how great of a season he is and and then 38 15 so bad race for him interesting uh with a week off to uh see if he can rebound from that he said he kind of got messed up oh Oh, we, t- we did talk about Weimer a little bit. He said it was similar what happened to him in the first mode of what mm-hmm. happened to Weimer. And uh, yeah, Weimer's upset at the flagger. Weimer and Malcolm, he got landed right, on. Right, with Mookie. He's upset at the flagger. And Weimer is? Yeah, yeah, Weimer. Oh, I thought it happened like in, you know, like they were battling, so it was like... No, Weimer They said, were far apart? Yeah. Oh. But honestly, um, flagging problems at a national, I'm, I'm blown away. Blown away. JT, can you believe it? It's kind of like, I mean, some people were upset at Freeze up in Canada for some of his passes. These are things that just blow me away. I'm going to stay away from this one. (laughs) Oh, because... I like flaggers. Yeah, I do like flaggers. Because you cut... I I think they have great training, and I'm a fan. Uh, Because you cut the track at Unadilla one year? Uh, Nope. I just like like the series, and I like everything about it, and I like flaggers. And you like Irv. I do. Uh, Savachi thirteen thirteen is getting better. Weej, I think you said that soon he'll be approaching that top ten level. Um, and yeah, it's not taking too long. No, I think Chase Stallo probably did. Oh, uh, did Chase Stallo say that? Okay, it was him. Yeah. All right, Kyle Peters eleven might be one of his better finishes in a while at a national moto. Do you see something? Yeah, do you yeah, see I something think. in him? No, 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 no. I'm Kyle Peters. I said that two years ago. I'm at, That's what I'm asking. Do you see oh. something in him? 
Mm, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. don't like in your if you're in the lights class, man, and you're like it's so hard to compete on a privateer bike in the lights class, like or 250 class, I guess. I keep saying lights. You did class. start top five, top eight, both motos. Yeah, yeah. Next uh, time you do see Kyle Peters, why don't you ask him if he gets weekly phone calls from uh, <laughs> Bobby Regan, <laughs> who told me. And I'll be putting this in a magazine story I'm working out right now. He told me that. Yes, he's had a lot of riders come through his program, but there are a lot of them that he keeps personal attention on. He calls them weekly. Um, still has a you know, personal connection with all the riders. Okay, yeah. Uh, so we'll ask Peters, Durham, Han. Odette. Swanapole. Odette, Swanapole. Odette. Yeah. No, I One no of doubt. those riders has got to be the guy that he's. You think he's calling Kyle Peters weekly to check on him? Oh, absolutely. Lemoyne. Without a was doubt. Lemoyne there? Yeah, Lemoyne was there. Yeah, Lemoyne. Long time. Yeah. Yep. Keith and Kevin Johnson? That one might be legit. Those are the OG. Isaiah? Isaiah. Was Isaiah there? Yep. I don't remember Isaiah on a, on a, on a star bike. Uh, Sean Collier? Isaiah, Paul Curry. Sean Collier? Paul Curry. Dusty Klatt. Do you think Dusty Klatt's getting phone calls? <laughs> <laughs> Um, who was the male model who quit to be a male model? Collier. Collier. Oh, is that Collier? Okay, then I'm yeah. getting then I'm getting it mixed up with another guy that was there. They brought Collier back actually a couple years later as like a replacement rider. Yeah, for Tickle, right? Who broke? Yeah, his when Tickle broke his jaw. jaw. So right. there's personal connection right there. Yeah. All right. Um, Bobby admits he's harder than his guys. He admits that, but he wants to win. Yeah. Look at other sports. Coaches yeah. sometimes yell at their players. They do. They do, I, and I I do understand what he's saying there. It doesn't necessarily apply in this sport, uh, but hey, Mitch Payton does do it, right? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. He does. Um, okay, anything else? Uh, Bishaglia crashed out in the first moto. Had a bad day. Forty forty for him. Not so good. Um, yeah. Muskan. I thought I picked Muskan for the podium. I was wrong. Five eight. Won there last year, so that's why I thought he was coming around. This is Anderson. Is it easier to be wrong when you're wrong a lot? Uh, yeah, I don't know. What about you? How do you feel when you're wrong a lot? I'm still waiting. Oh, that's right, because you waffle. That's right, because you don't. You say, mm, yeah, no, yeah. You just said okay. that about 20 minutes ago. All right. Uh, Cunningham, 12-11. He's pitted out of Peter's truck, by the way, if anybody wants to know what's going on with that. Motor concept still? Pit it out of the Kyle Peters truck. And I think he might be doing better because I was told at Glen Helen like he will be outside the truck or around the back. And he was at Glen Helen. And then now he is underneath the tent. He's worked his way underneath the tent now. Yeah. So, Moving on up. Yeah. George and Wheezy. Yeah. Soon he'll be uh, maybe in the lounge. Okay. Uh, anything else? 250, 450 class? Wait yeah. for a press release. Oh, this it really shit. won't matter after that thing comes out. I, uh, I'm gonna. Can we make some predictions on Who this? Who sends this press release out? I don't even know. What well, is this press release? I gotta say, Weege, I'm 100 uh, percent looking at you for this. Like, what do you mean? Like, it's coming to you, and you're gonna tell me when it's coming. That's. I, I will be glad to. Yeah, I'm glad to do that if I know. I'm just saying, like somebody like yourself will know it's coming or see it. That's all. First, I'm not going to get it. Yeah, I do have to say that I thought for sure 
there is a, t- a sticky situation, I think, for all of us where we're journalists, but then we also work for companies. Like, obviously, there's MX Sports, or I am, JT, you're on the gear side. Mathis, you've got quite a few gigs. So we sometimes find stuff out as non-journalists that we wouldn't have known if we were only a journalist. Right. And I thought that would be the case this time, but now that this happened in Supercross, it's not quite the same. I mean, if this was just drug testing from Colorado, obviously there would be a major inside line for Racer X, but this is a little bit different. I thought that's what it was. I think we all thought that's what it was at first, right? Yeah. Oh, they did drug testing in Colorado. The results are in. But that apparently is weeks away. Shoot, just imagine if that blows up, too. Yeah, really, right? I predict that the rider in question, you know, loses some points and a fine, and then we move on. And he's told never to do that again. That's I, I know, Weege, you don't believe me. You're on the side that this is going to be a major penalty on a rider. I, I have yet to see a major penalty dished out. So I know, but I know. This is the, for better or for worse, this is what happens when you get involved with these real organizations. <laughs> like... Lance Armstrong was an immensely larger star than anyone in motocross or the entire motocross field combined, and he couldn't do a damn thing about it. Um, are we going to see? What, are we going to see a Lance type reaction? Or we just he where he just whoever is in trouble just sues everyone. <laughs> Goes on Oprah. Just sues. Just just hand out lawsuits like they're like they're uh, candy. This tweet confuses me, and again they're come they're rolling in like. Dude, somebody make the friggin' doping announcement. I'm sitting here, blah, blah, blah. This tweet confuses me from a, from a, from a, a, a listener. What if Hill tries to find an edge? RC finds out and cans him. Hill finally makes podium, gets tested. I like Josh. That would suck. Like, Wait. Oh, I, I, that's true. Was Hill. That, Hill, Hill, Hill didn't, that was New Jersey. Yes. Hill didn't podium. In no, I know. And Yeah. I don't understand where this guy's getting, like... Hill tries to find an edge. RC finds out and cans him. Like, that whole part is dumb right there. Is that he's canning him, like bottling him? <laughs> no, I think firing him. That's where the drugs came from, though. Cans? Can. All right, can we, let's get a prediction. So I gave you mine. JT, what's your prediction? My prediction is it will be some sort of suspension involved. I don't know the severity. Will the suspension, I, will the suspension involve I, motocross or just supercross? Again, nobody cares if you're wrong, except for you. I, I know. I'm really trying to think. Um, it's just such a complicated matter because I, I don't think I don't think that Wada and Usada and Outdoors and Supercross really care about each other. Like they're not. So what's what's good for Supercross is obviously bad for MX Sports and the Outdoor program. They want the best series they can create. So I'm going to predict that definitely removal of points and purse. From Seattle, um, I'm going to go with Mathis. I think I'm going to go with Mathis. No suspension, just removal of points and purse from that race. Okay. And yep. we just going clearly two year fine, banned from everything. I'm going to go with a, a ban from uh, August the 25th through uh, <laughs> January the 4th. <laughs> Something along those lines. The rider cannot do Monster Cup nor does Nations. Nor Geneva Supercross or Bercy. Yeah, Paris, yeah. Bercy, we yeah. moved it to another building this year. Don't even try it. <laughs> no locals, no local races for any of you guys at podium in Seattle. Right, right. Yeah, do not, you cannot. Yeah, if it's not AMA sanctioned, you're good. Yeah. But, but if you do not go to the Mega Series at Muddy Creek. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Okay. All right. Should be interesting. The BTOsports.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas, thank you for the, doing this uh, high point wrap up. We're off this weekend. I'm going to Canada to race, so we will reconvene on Monday. You're racing. To, to go watch the racing. Uh, I get ready for management. I could probably get top 20 in the Canadian. Have you seen the Canadian lap times? Anyways, um, we will reconvene on Monday. You two Jasons and will join me for a Canadian motocross wrap-up podcast. Done. Oh, I can't wait. I know a lot about it. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, can you, uh, oh. can you interview Josh Hillwire up there? How's that work? What's that? You going to interview Josh Hillwire up there? Sure, yeah. Oh, I didn't. I thought Hill was on your one, we, one of the guys on the list. We had him on a pulp show. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. That's old news, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's a fan, Weege, but I think he'll talk to me. But Dunge talks. I, Dunge talks to me. We're good. I know you and Dunge are tight down. Uh, J Mart. J Mart and I broing down before the press conference or after his press conference outside the media tent. Hanny. Hanny on the show. Yep. Hanny on the show. The one thing about uh, J-Mart that told me that I felt was weird, and I saw he told somebody the same thing, he said that he's just going to act like the red plate is a cross-country race. Did you guys see that? I don't know what that means. Because in cross-country racing, they give you a red plate also. The A-class. The A-class. And so he's just going to – the red plate doesn't mean anything. It's just going to act like a cross-country race. Does everyone run a red plate? I don't know. I very yeah, yeah. That was his point. Like that's the pro okay. class. You just run a red plate, so it doesn't mean he's points leader. No pressure. Okay, There's another guy out there, and he's going to treat okay, it like well, a... he can tell whoever he wants that. But I ain't believing it. <laughs> he can treat it like a cross country race. I swear you can see it. Like it's one thing if an established dude, if like Baggett, Purcell, or no. Wilson were winning right off the bat. I think it would be like, oh, what are you going to do? But I think this whole field is like, I got to beat this guy. I, I am, I've always been there for Martin. I've always been on his train, and I'm staying on it now. I'm not getting off. Yeah. No, honestly, I, I think he's, he's fine. He's looking good. Very impressive eh. still. Eh. <laughs> oh, the tables have turned. Eh. <laughs> oh, why can't wait till you wait till this gets back to Camp Tallahassee? Eh. <laughs> you keep doing it over and over. Um, all right, everybody. I look forward to maybe we, Hey, maybe actually if this news drops, we can have an emergency pod emergency. I think we're going to have to PED pod. Yeah. The people who will be like to. beating on the gates of Villapoto's compound with 14 year old girls. People will be <laughs> give us info. Right. Exactly. All right. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. See ya. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone 
even harder, jump farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years go.